Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. That's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production, and today, as always, we've got a great couple of hours filled with a lot of uh, good stuff for you, and hope you get a chance to stick around the whole two hours. Special guest out of Montclair, New Jersey, is Alan Gorman, a market leadership advisor. He's got a brand new book. It's called Briefs for Building Better Brands, and we're going to talk to... Uh, uh, to Alan here in just a, a few minutes. Also, what's going on? Well, we got Patrick Meyer, the Marketing Insider. Jeffrey Ginnerber is going to talk about Brad Confidence. Uh, Andy Borowitz has some, uh, some interesting comments from the former First Lady, uh, uh, Mrs. Bush, about Katrina. Have you, did you hear that? You didn't hear that. Hmm, no, but could you do me a favor? I hate to say this on the air, but could you have Doug kill the uh, network feed through my headphones so I can hear you? <laughs> what, you don't want to hear the network go. feed? No, nah, not, not both of you at the same time. Okay. Yeah, well, but now I can hear you clearly. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So what was on the news, Brad? Well, do you really want to know? Go ahead, Doug. Pump it through uh, through Ray's headphones. He'll like it. <laughs> okay. We've got uh, the wacky world of marketing as well. And what are we doing this week, uh, Brad? We're doing good. Well, let me put a check by the good. There we go. Okay. So... We have uh, Alan in just a few moments here, and uh, a lot of great stuff uh, for these uh, next two hours, so stick around if you can. Uh, well, we've got the Katrina, the uh, the stuff still going on there in New Orleans, and of course all around the country, as far north, believe it or not, as Cleveland, Ohio, where they're sending refugees there. How they ended up in Cleveland, Ohio, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, by airplane, you'd want to say, but um, anyway. But uh, that stuff is going on uh, here in our home market of Houston, and uh, it's really interesting to see all of the folks that have banded together and uh, done some really wonderful stuff uh, to uh, to help out those folks. Matter of fact, the American Advertising Federation has something as well. Uh, they've got a special um, job postings on the uh, the AAF Job Bank, aaf.org is their website, and they've got uh, job seekers, fundraisers, and uh, donating office space and other needs to fellow AAF members displaced by the uh, uh, disaster. Uh, specifically for Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi. There's a whole bunch of uh, uh, links there as well. That's from Wally Snyder, uh, the president and CEO of the American Advertising Federation. So go to aaf.org. And, uh, yeah, Wally's a great guy. aaf.org to find out more, and then it'll take you to wherever you need to go see uh, uh, about that, okay? And hopefully... You know, there's a a lot of good stories out there regarding uh, Katrina and all of the things that have gone on in spite of the... uh, Highly uh, negative and uh, finger pointing as to who is at fault for the lack of uh, response, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, a lot of good stories. In particular, Ray, I saw, I don't know where I heard it. I'm sorry, I can't quote the source, but I, I saw or read recently how the uh, restaurants of New York City and owners and chefs and so forth are all getting together to offer. Uh, displaced workers of the restaurant uh, industry a new home in New York City. I mean, you know, talk about uh, a large sector of employment that is now out of uh, out of work and are good at what they do, that being the chefs of New Orleans and the restaurants that uh, cater to all the visitors and tourists of New Orleans. And they've, they've 
put together, and I, I, again, can't quote the source, can't quote a website, but they, mm-hmm. I saw a news item, and they, they've banded together to offer employment while uh, New Orleans rebuilds. And so if you're in New York City or plan to attend uh, a restaurant in the greater New York metro area, it just may so happen that a waiter mm-hmm. or a chef from New Orleans may be uh, preparing or, or serving you at your table soon. That's not already. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Hey, uh, a friend of the advertising show, no relationship to you, but her name is Kathy Forsyth uh, Mm -hmm. and has been involved behind the scenes uh, for uh, for quite a long time, uh, especially uh, several years ago. But uh, if you are, if you know Kathy Forsyth, there's going to be a benefit. Kathy, of course, has uh, cancer, and there's going to be a benefit uh, for Kathy on the 8th of October uh, at the uh, the Nolan Ryan Center. That, of course, is in the famous city of Alvin, Texas. If you're listening in Denmark, Alvin, Texas <laughs> is just southeast of Houston. Uh-huh. And it's just a little city, but it's got a lot of great things going on there, including uh, Alvin uh, Community College, which has a wonderful launching uh, f- uh, place for uh, for folks uh, to get into the broadcast business. But if you want to find out more about that benefit, it's going on the 8th of October, and you can go to friendsofkathy.com, and that's spelled C-A-T-H-Y.com. So check that out as well. Yeah, thanks for I doing that, Ray. I received the same email, and I'm glad you did that. I, I, I didn't have a chance to download that, and it's a worthy cause, and Kathy Forsyth is well-known in the media industry in our home mm-hmm. market of Houston, and uh, gosh, what a great person and a great cause. Uh, Ray, I don't know if you caught this, uh, shifting gears here a little bit, and this is one of your favorite commercials for Jim Beam Bourbon. Uh, are now appearing on TV for the first time in the history of the medium. The campaign debuted September 5th on cable networks, Comedy Central, Discovery, and Spike TV, mm-hmm. as in what, Spike your drink? Uh, yeah, anyway, like. the uh, the theme of the commercial depicts the history of the uh, 210-year-old brand, and broadcasting cable networks have, have been divided over liquor ads since the industry self-regulated ban was uh, lifted in 1996. So it'll be interesting as spirits begin to take over uh, mm-hmm. uh, the beer consumers today, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this plays out and whether other spirit manufacturers will follow. It's funny that showed it says they're spending eight to twelve million on an advertising campaign. And on a related note, for 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 uh, another network, uh, the Sporting News Radio Network, it's a national network. Uh, I, we mm-hmm. do the uh, we do the Jim Beam Radio ad. <laughs> You do? So, yeah, it's kind of funny. So here you get to, is that part trade or all cash? No, it's all cash. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Darn. <laughs> I was smelling something on your breath the other day. Would have been I, nice. I it was not that particular brand. No, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's uh, a fine wine, probably. Paul McCartney, yeah. you know, did you see the uh, this past week? This would have been, um, what was it, Thursday, I guess it was? Uh yeah, Thursday, the the NFL, uh, the ABC oh, yeah. broadcast of the season mm-hmm. launching NFL debut, contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney I did, did see the debut. Yes. Okay. Teamed up on a Fidelity Investments. Paul McCartney. What, what did the, What did it look like? Well, no, I just saw the game. I know what you're talking about, where Fidelity and, and uh, McCartney, McCartney got together. Got I saw the game, but you know, unlike most people, uh, including my wife, I'm not so glued to the game where I'm seeing commercial commercials breaks and the whole okay. thing. But I did uh, know that that was going to happen. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Did you see it, Doug? Yes. You know, okay, I'm just curious about that. Yeah. You know, hello, I'm Paul. I'm very rich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't need Fidelity, and I've already right. made my millions and millions and millions. So that's fine. And, you know. It's funny because that uh, that uh, endorsement, and we've we've been uh, fans of endorsements when the endorser is relevant to the product. As you point out, Ray, I'm not sure if uh, if uh, Joe Sixpack out there is going to believe that Paul McCartney uh, 
needs fidelity or does fidelity need Paul McCartney? But it, the fine <laughs> folks at Arnold World, yeah, the fine folks at Arnold Worldwide are the uh, is the agency responsible for that, and uh, you know they they have, they have a good history of putting out good work. So be, again, I'm looking forward to maybe one day catching that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, who knows, how, how did they get Paul McCartney? Be, they, it would be interesting to learn that because maybe they contributed to his wife's uh, uh, fund for uh, amputees and so forth because it's certainly not because Paul needs the dough. No, I don't think he does, no. But, you yeah. know, it's nice to have the residual income rolling in. Yeah. In, in case we, his daughter's uh, designer line of clothes you know, go south or something. Yeah. Well, usually when an, uh, an artist, regardless, I guess, of their stature, ties in in that kind of way, usually it has to do with some kind of uh, additional right. exposure on on a recent hit or a CD or an album that they're pr- promoting at that particular time. And in this case, again, I don't, I haven't seen the spot, so I don't know if that's part of the tie-in here. Mm-hmm. But they usually tag on to the great exposure uh, commercials provide an artist, and you know, not to take uh, away from. Uh, Former Doobie brother uh, and uh, who am I thinking of, Ray? Um, I don't know. Former Doobie. Oh, brother. Michael McDonald, you mean? Yeah, yeah his exactly. involvement with uh, uh, the uh, telecom uh, uh, endorsement that he gave and got some play off of his music. Of course, Sting did that with Jaguar a while back, and uh, and the fact uh, that the, the the fact that the McDonald was not paid a nickel. Right. For that exposure, just mm-hmm. the exposure, and that's it. Right. We say bye-bye to the Miller High Life man, and we'll tell you about that more in <laughs> just a moment, along with uh, checking in with Alan Gorman, uh, building, no, briefs for building better brands. We'll make Alan say that, too. Advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth will continue in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana and I've come to say Bananas have to ripen in a certain way And when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue Bananas taste the best and are the best for you And here's your health tip of the day from the advertising show Two bananas a day will lower your cholesterol and your something else Blood pressure Potassium Yeah, well they'll increase your potassium, they'll lower your cholesterol Lower your blood pressure and make you handsomer and uh, nicer looking Something like that. Uh, Part of that is true, I think. Special guest here on the advertising show, Alan Gorman, is a market leadership advisor who has worked in creative capacities at some of the world's largest advertising agencies before starting his own company. Back in 87, he's the recipient of over 400 industry awards. He must have a big shelf at his office, including a coveted gold line from the Cannes Film Festival. His company is Brand Spa LLC, specializing in crafting effective marketing and branding strategies for small to medium-sized companies. He's the author of a highly acclaimed book, The Alliteration of Briefs for Building Better Brands, which uh, offers a collection of insightful essays on creating a successful brand. Out of Montclair, New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen, it's... It's Alan. Alan, hey, welcome to the advertising show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm going to go get some Chiquita bananas and make myself better looking. Please do that. Okay. okay. Please, no monkeying around. So are you in uh, Upper Montclair? I'm familiar with the I Montclair am in, in Upper New Montclair. Montclair as You're in Upper fact. Montclair. Right, but there's very little distinction between Upper Montclair and regular Montclair. Right? Well, just for our audience, worldwide audience, as well as Ray's knowledge, that means... Uh, 
uh, Ray, that uh, Alan is in the hoity-toity uh, area. The hoity-toity there. part of Montclair, right? Yeah, all right. And by the way, uh, he interesting had an book. Inheritance. I'm sorry? He had an inheritance is what it was. Yeah, he right. got out of the apartment and got into a home. Good for you. Right. I, was, I, I inherited debts is what I inherited. <laughs> well, okay. You chose the right parents right. probably. But in any event, I was reading your uh, uh, book and certainly looked back at the index before I got into reading your book. And my goodness, uh, Alan, uh, Ray and I have had the uh, honor and pleasure of speaking to many individuals that you have cite in your index there and throughout your book, Harry Beckwith and uh, Seth Godin and uh, J. Conrad Levinson, who's uh, cited on the front cover of your book, Alan Laura Reese, uh, gosh, and the list goes on and on. And uh, you, you've uh, obviously done something right to be in uh, good company there with those folks, I guess. Uh, and let's let's get the uh, shameless portion of the uh, shameless plug portion of the show out of the way early if we can and talk a little bit about Brand Spa, Alan. Your company's mantra is being the world's first health spa for brands. Explain to our audience what you mean by that. Well, uh, I, I, have an adverti- I had an advertising agency, a small uh, boutique advertising agency, uh, and um, a few years ago um, was uh, struggling with uh, a waning economy and um, how to get new business. And... Um, Kept falling into the same trap that I see uh, many companies falling into, and also Madison Avenue, of going back to the well and trying to prove how clever and creative I was. I won a lot of awards, and I thought that that won, and and, uh, there's a big premium put on award shows and awards and visibility and cleverness in the advertising business, and I thought that that's what it was all about, because I was trained in Madison Avenue, and that's what they put a premium on you showed someone uh, a, a killer portfolio and you got a job and that's how it was done so the um, the the uh, message the underlying message is that in order to be good at this you got to be more creative but it didn't really bring a whole lot of business in and I didn't know why and so I went out and um, instead of um, asking my peers who were doing the same thing I was I decided to go ask my public's what it is they valued, and we did some research, and the facts came back uh, and really astounded me because the answer was that what people were looking for or what clients were looking for were results. And, and when, uh, when you talk about Alan researching, was that just picking up the phone and getting Oh, no, no, no. We did, it, we did some formalized research. We did, um, uh, we posed about... Um, Oh, 30 or 35 different value propositions to our audience of reasons that they they might uh, consider working with a firm like ours and um, ask them to rank them uh, in order of preference. And the preference, the, the, the thing that was the resounding preference were, was if you can produce better results than the guy down the street, then uh, you'd be my guy. Mm-hmm. How did you get uh, these key uh, executives to be willing to participate in your research? Oh, we but we asked them and 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 badgered them and bothered them until they would sit down yeah. and do it. Right, yeah. uh, but but it, but we 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 did manage to do it, and we polled about a hundred, and um, so um, it was a big enough sample to to uh, give us a pretty good read. 
Well, it's interesting, and I know a lot of our audience might be thinking, well, when you talk about your background in Madison Avenue, uh, where were you? And, of course, just to mention Gray Advertising, Footcone Building, the Marshawk Company, Y&R, and a few others that mm-hmm. you had uh, been employed with. And, and I want to talk a little bit, because you talk about awards and so forth, and certainly we've talked a lot about awards here on the show. And I'm, our feeling, nothing, nothing wrong with them, and well, you know, our we're, not, we're not going to turn them down. I'm not saying they're, well, they're, you know, I, they're I'm not, terrible. I'm, I'm always curious as to really how much a client cares. It makes for a good presentation to mention that, I guess, early on as far as uh, uh, yeah, what capabilities. I found out, what, so- what I found out ahead, my Al. capabilities is clients didn't care a bit. Of course not. No. Of course not. And when talking to uh, Donnie Deutsch and others out there, and here's, here's Deutsch with a multitude of, uh, mm-hmm. of awards, he thinks that uh, along with uh, other luminaries out there that we've had the pleasure of talking to here on the show. They think uh, awards are, are a little silly, but uh, in any event, uh, there's enough uh, entry fees being paid out there to keep many awards in business. But I want to go back to uh, to how you evolved to your uh, current idea and, and uh, concept business model, and, and more importantly, uh, talk a little bit about accountability today. It's uh, at the top of the list as far as uh, agencies and, and their clients. I'm curious, just in the... Well, it's not just agencies and their clients. It's also the business, the, the businesses themselves. Well, of course, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about accountability and how what you're advising your clients and how they can achieve greater accountability when it comes to investing in, in one's marketing and advertising. How, how do you gauge an ROI, and what do you suggest? We've got a little over a minute left here. Okay. Oh, I, we gauge an ROI based on the uh, power of uh, the, the, the perception of the brand rather than uh, looking at the uh, ROI that they might uh, affect uh, by promotion or um, by uh, traditional marketing. So uh, promotion or, or salesman might be interested in how many leads did you get me which can lead to a short-term promotional strategy that can actually erode a brand, and very, a lot of famous brands have done that, um, Macy's for one. Um, if you look at a marketing strategy, then what marketing is measuring is the ability of uh, their efforts to uh, make an impact with their audience. But in reality, uh, or we could talk about it after the break, in reality, um, the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is is the perception of the brand, the strength of the brand. How much cash is in the drawer? Well, no. <laughs> how much how much equity is in the drawer? Okay, good. We okay. will talk more about that. We our special guest is Alan Gorman, author of Briefs for Building Better Brands, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. More in just a minute. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. It's a real thing In the back of your mind What you're hoping to find Is a real thing It's a real thing There you go. That's Brad's Choice with Jim Beam. <laughs> Diet, though, on, on the, of course, a uh, couple of ice cubes, possibly a, a lime, a lime, well, maybe lime neat. Let's do it neat. Neat. Okay, let's do uh, it. Just in the glass. Okay, <laughs> or out of the bottle, or something True. like that. <laughs> Save the glass. Uh, Helen, Helen Gorman's our special guest here 
briefs for building better brands and brandspotllc.com. I wonder if it's brandspot-llc.com. It's, yes, it is. Is it? Okay. Well, actually, it's, uh, they can go to brandspot.net. I tried to get brandspot.com and some Internet Cyber guy and internet Cyber guy in Singapore yeah. got me. He was going to yeah. say something else there, but he said, "Nope, I'm on the radio. Yeah. I better hold yeah. back for just a minute." Uh, hey, and he was a real. I offered to buy it, but the price really? was a little high. Hey, before but, yeah. we, uh, Alan, before we get back to talking with you a little bit more, we wanted to. Uh, it's a feature that we do uh, every week here uh, on the advertising show. It's called the uh, Wacky World of Marketing. Marketing. Let's listen to it. And now, it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our Wacky Update heads to Rochester, New York, where AP reports, You probably don't know Stephen Sasson, but you do know his invention. He developed the very first digital camera. The Kodak engineer knew right away he was at the vanguard of a revolution, but it took a while for the rest of the world, including Kodak, to catch on. Sasson's pioneering digital camera was an eight-pound contraption when first tested in December of 1975. It was about the size of a toaster, stored the image on a cassette tape, and took 23 seconds to record a single picture. Sasson admits the camera wasn't very good. The woman who posed for the first picture saw the results and said, You need work. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. You know, Brad, that sounds kind of like that uh, flying car made out of bricks that you had there for a while back. It just, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't work. It was, you That's know, kind of got off the ground, but not, uh, not, uh, not, not working. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Alan Gorman. Welcome back to the show, Alan. Nice to have you here. Thanks. Yeah, and before the break, we were talking about accountability and, and what you're advising your clients uh, on how to uh, gauge an ROI. And just to bring uh, those listeners that may just now be joining us, uh, you you'd mentioned that uh, up to date, you, you mentioned that uh, perception of the brand is really where your focus is as opposed to the promotion uh, c- uh, component of one's marketing, and uh, that's how you gauge the ROI. But I'm curious, uh, just a follow-up to that, Alan, don't you really have to look at, at both uh, in, in relationship to one another? And wouldn't it be a mistake to only focus in on uh, just promotion ROI or just brand ROI? Uh, I think that the, the, the true measure of your success is going to come from your brand ROI, uh, which is a different thing than, than marketing ROI. It's really your return on your branding investment. And branding is so much bigger an idea than just uh, advertising. Um, getting back to our discussion about uh, how Brandspot came about. Uh, oh, wait a minute. That was the shameless portion of the show, shameless plug well, well, portion of the show. We relate for the first segment. The second segment, we try to actually impart less shameless plug and more like wisdom just for our clients. Uh, okay, but uh, it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it's related. Oh, okay. okay. Try it so, in for us, Alan. So in, in, in our, my own travels and in recreating my own uh, brand, what uh, I come to realize is that um, it, it, it goes way beyond advertising, and advertising is a, uh, a portion of it. And we as advertisers have kind of made a mistake in trying to uh, be the... Um, the owners of an idea, if you will, and unless the idea is owned by the CEO of the company and really the um, the, the the people who are 
uh, in the driver's seat, uh, then it becomes almost um, a, a wallpaper. And so what we want to do is we want to engage the whole the holistic, the whole company in telling, finding a better story to tell, and then telling that story in a better way, and then actually living that story on the other end. And if they all don't work uh, with each other, then you know it falls flat. So really, the only true measurement of success is going to be: uh, is your brand uh, perceived as desirable? Well, let's uh, let's. We've had a lot of branding experts on the show in the past four years, and uh, okay. we've all heard uh, plenty of. Uh, Definitions that really I've never seen a, a word or a phrase, uh, certainly in this case a word that uh, branding that has such a variety of uh, definitions. Oh, so let's get word. yours out of the way uh, if we can, Alan. Give us your definition of brand. Okay. My, my, I would say that a brand is a well, every everything and everybody and everyone and every everything in the world is a brand. You basically brand is a. Uh, something that people do it's not a thing it's something that people do they do they they brand things in order to make their way through the world so that they it's basically a label somebody puts on something so that they can um, make sense of it mm-hmm. um, so really what it's just, it's just an identifier that's all a brand is um, branding is the art of t- manipulating that identifier or uh, orchestrating that identifier and understanding that identifier, so all the communications about that identifier and alignment, and people are identifying you in the way that you want them to. Well, let's get some insights into the way your your mind uh, wraps around those concepts. In your opinion, Alan, what what makes a product uh, or services brand become a consumer brand preference? Take us through the process. Okay, it's uh, really it's the, uh, a couple of things. One is I would say that, uh, and this is something that I recently come to, that the leading brands or brands that really take off are really um, sell earlier in the process, earlier in the buying process than most traditional brands do. Most brands are promoting um, benefits or how they're different, or in Russell Reeves' terms, or what the USP is over the other guy. And once you do that, as soon as you acknowledge that there is another guy and start to play that game, you're commodified. We live in a new world where the world wants to commodify us. The Internet commodifies everything because um, uh, things, information is gathered anonymously. If I can't tell the difference between one thing and another and there are a thousand choices, then I might as well just take the cheapest one because I don't have any basis for comparison. Uh, it's no longer about relationships. It's, uh, I'm, I, I don't have the same loyalty that I once did. Um, well, that that kind of begs the next, que- the obvious question to me, which mm-hmm. is if if we're living all now in a consumer-driven uh, world, then a good example is certainly how much consumers have uh, control over the media consumption aspects of their life. Is it more difficult, Alan, in your opinion, to? build a brand today? I know you mentioned about being the brand preference early in the purchase cycle, and certainly that's the ideal position to be well, in. Well, the being brand The question brand. becomes, how do you get there, and, and how do you get there in today's world where it's not as easy to just shove uh, brand, uh, brand-type brand uh, communication to a consumer if they're not interested? Not easy. 
basically it's, it, it, what, what it's going to come from is it's going to come from the study of the consumer, the understanding of who that consumer should be, planting an idea about that brand or about that thing earlier in the process so that you are the purveyor of an idea rather than a commodity. If I don't know if I'm making myself clear. But um, it comes. I guess from, I'm curious how you get there in today's world. I mean, it's, it sounds it sounds like something everyone would want to achieve and attain. But how do you get there? Mm-hmm. Well, what we do is we do it by careful study of the market. And as I said, when with our own reinvention process, um, it is um, an analysis of what people want. Special guest on the advertising show, Alan Gorman. The book is called Briefs for Building Better Brands, and we've got Alan for not only this hour, but next hour as well. On the way, we've got the advertising showcase, and we'll do that in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe on the advertising show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. My complexion's so bad, I hate to go out. Don't be a square. Try Ting, the faster way to clear up pimples. Yes, doctors' half-face tests prove Ting medicated cream dries up pimples more effectively than any other product tested. It also eats the skin off your face. Uh, Practical experience as a teenager. Uh, mm-hmm. probably causes cancer, who knows, at this particular point in time. Uh, not that it does, I'm just saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least a ruddy complexion. Yeah, that's exactly right. Did you ever use that yeah. stuff as a kid? It's like, no, I, ju- it's I like, just picked my zits. You, you know, picked your zits? Okay, it, well, yeah. welcome to the zit show. Uh, no, no, that, that stuff was bad. That was like getting was the worst bad. sunburn you possibly could get and then putting alcohol on it. You know, that's well, a wonderful I, feeling. I, I will tell you, I dated a few young ladies that had that, and, you know, they never realized that when you put that on your uh, facial complexion issues, all it did was draw attention to it, and you could see the bumps underneath it. That's right, exactly. So I don't know what they were doing there. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to your way. Alan Gorman uh, will be joining us uh, next hour as well. Briefs for Building Better, better Brands. Brandspa.llc.com is the website, dash LLC, or as he said, uh, Brandspa.net, I believe, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So every week we look at the good and the bad of advertising, and uh, it's been it's been actually pretty good uh, as of late, so let's do it again. And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising. For the good stuff, here's Ray and Brad. If you could hurry up today, I've got to get home and mow my lawn in just a little while, so go right ahead. Well, last week you had Tracy Prater, uh, our uh, go-to guy for anything technology-related here for the advertising show, mowing your lawn. It must be growing fast this uh, It was, this and Tracy here. wasn't available today, so that's the way it goes. I have to do He myself. did want me to send his apologies for not having his weed whacker last week. <laughs> Just as a heads up on that. So what do you got this week for us? Well, we're going to feature something from, uh, it's been a while, Ray, since we've talked about any, uh, anything outdoor. And you're right. We've been doing some good, uh, good advertising, uh, advertiser showcase uh, items for the past several weeks. Next week will be a bad advertising item and we'll save that. But, uh, this week we're talking about outdoor. This year's Obie Awards uh, ceremony, speaking of uh, awards as we were last segment, bestowing, of course, its uh, advertiser's oldest and most uh, prestigious trophy, that being the Obelisk, 
uh, was just uh, happening here in the last few months and, and capping off the uh, 2005 OAAA National Convention and Trade Show in Chicago. This year's uh, Obie Awards, by the way, uh, saw a larger-than-normal uh, proportion of uh, share of major ad agencies thanks to uh, submitting and winning awards, uh, thanks to mm. the old AAA uh, Creative Committees uh, uh, under the uh, direction of Rick Robinson, who we had on the show here a while back, Ray. You recall that? Yes. Uh, great guest out of uh, out of Los Angeles and had some great things to share about outdoor. But anyway, under the uh, international category, uh, an ad that we're going to talk about today is from Mini Cooper Canada called 3D Luge. And uh, I don't know if you recall, gosh, I guess it was a year and a half ago, Ray, we talked about Nike and its wonderful uh, outdoor display of a couple guys on the side of a building, suspended from a side of a building, where they had a, uh, a soccer, a mini soccer field, uh, uh, as well as a soccer ball, by the way, a mini soccer field uh, drawn on the side of a building, and they were suspended from the side of the building, and they were kicking the ball back and forth, and I believe it was in Japan, as I recall, and it would uh, not only call uh, cause for a crowd below when they were doing this, but it got to the point where it was actually creating some nuisance for the uh, police there because it was drawing such a large crowd. Well, this is another example of something similar, and it's along the side of a building, Ray, uh, for uh, Mini Cooper, as I mentioned, and it basically, if I can describe this, is a long white runway and suspended uh, horizontally, or vertically, I should say, suspended mm-hmm. from the top of the building is uh, what is perceived to be a uh, Mini Cooper, uh, actual full-body m- Mini Cooper. And on the top of that Mini Cooper is uh, certainly a, a mannequin of some sort that uh, we've all seen the luge, right? We know what a person in a, in a luge right. looks like. Right. Well, there he is. I've always wondered about that uh, two-man luge. I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, I mean, you, especially the guy in the back. You get to become good friends. Well, the guy yeah. in the back, it's kind of like uh, parachuting, you know, when you got a hook to the next guy. That's, that's a little too close for comfort for me. Yeah, right. But anyway, uh, the luge guy is attached to the top of this uh, Mini Cooper, and underneath uh, the, the line that's uh, being shown that it's hanging from, which actually looks like uh, uh, tire tracks coming off of a white, snowy-type background, underneath that it says Extreme Winter Performance. It has the Mini Cooper logo there, and then it says mini.ca, CA being obviously the uh, web connection for those folks in uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple statement, but yet, my goodness, talk about an eye catcher. I mean, in Canada, the luge, that's like football, I guess, here in the U.S., uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an outstanding example of just, you know, out-of-the-box type outdoor. And, if you, and by the way, I, my feeling is, is outdoor uh, is such a, a great medium. Uh, read an interesting fact recently, Ray. The largest percentage uh, categorically for revenue for Clear Channel, it, it blew me away, comes from their outdoor. Comes from their outdoor, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, from their outdoor division. And when you think about it, the the cost of those boards versus the revenue versus running a radio station or TV or entertainment division, sure. it does make sense once you think about it. But the outdoor is such a great medium if it's used correctly, such a terrible medium if you don't do a good job. It just clutters right. the the uh, environment we live in but uh, here's a great example and you know if you want to live uh, if you want to learn more about great examples gosh go to the uh, OAAA uh, dot uh, uh, well just do a google on uh, outdoor advertising association of america because i can't remember if it's OAAA.org or .com but it's one of the two mm-hmm. and uh, there's some great examples of this year's uh, 2005 OB awards and we wow. just featured one with the uh, many the mini. Uh, with this great uh, execution from canada of all places as we look out the window here about i guess about a half mile away 
Here's a good example of a great billboard. I can actually read it. That is, Doug, can you see that? It's a Chick-fil-A board. Uh, you can see it that far away. You can see it that far away. Wow. That's a good billboard, boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Um, Chick-fil-A is a, such a great example of using outdoor in an effective way with the three-dimensional cows that they have on the, yeah. on the board and the whole creative theme. The fact that they've stayed with that, Ray, over the years is a good example of the importance of consistency with messages regardless of the medium. Mm-hmm. There's another, you're right. They do a good job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's another board that I've seen recently as well. It's for... Um, Oh, what is it for? Like, I, I don't know the company, an art design company or something like that. And all they have mm-hmm. is their s- stupid logo on the board, right? <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you get fancy and do something amazing? Like, go ahead and well, paint the Mona Lisa or do something, uh, you know, unusual. Uh, well, there. there's the example. You can't recall the name, even though yeah. the name is the only thing they have there. Why not give some message that more firmly ties in the name of the company with uh, with what you're trying to get across to the consumer, right? You would think so. Yeah, makes yeah. sense to me. Uh, we have to say goodbye to the uh, the Miller High Life man. By by the way, yeah. Uh, boy, I really like the Miller High Life man. Okay, yeah. We've uh, but they're bringing back. Do you remember the girl in the moon uh, campaign that Miller? Yeah, I had? saw that campaign. I mean, I saw that news item, but I didn't get to click through to see it because mm-hmm. from just totally memory, total memory, I do not recall that. Okay. I well, don't. they're they're looking to they're looking to hit women, um, twenty one to thirty four, uh, a group that is proved receptive to retro marketing campaigns. Mm. For sub-premium beers like Pabst, Miller is retiring the High Life Man, a staple of the brand since 1997. I thought he was around for longer than that, but uh, I guess not. So that's nice. Hey, we talked before about Katrina uh, and uh, some of the post-Katrina stuff. Uh, There is another website, uh, real quick here, on a bad week. It's uh, postkatrinatalent.org. The Baton Rouge Agency, Object 9, helped create and launch the online job board. Connects marketers and creatives displaced by Hurricane Katrina with potential employers. Several Texas agencies working to provide office space for dislocated agency staffers as well. That's that's kind of a cool deal. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. What else you got? There is good news out there, isn't there? Oh, Ray? absolutely. Even in the yeah. even in the worst of times. Yeah. And of course, uh, we have uh, more with Alan Gorman next hour. We've got Patrick Meyer joining us, Jeffrey Ginnemer. And Andy Borowitz, too, on The Advertising Show. Don't forget to go to theadvertisingshow.com, where you can also catch the podcast now. Uh, that is up and running. Right, Brad? Yes, and ability to download uh, all of our programs to your hard drive, listen to your convenience, or your little little device that you would have, such as your iPod. Or, or put it on like a cassette that. and sell it at the corner. That would True. be good, like a lemonade stand. Let's go right. to theadvertisingshow.com. The Advertising Show brought to you by... Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Back with more next hour, Alan Gorman, Briefs for Building Better Brands. And we hope you'll join us on the Advertising Show, a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. We'll continue our conversation this hour with Alan Gorman. His book is called Briefs for Building Better Brands. Brandspotllc.com, the website. And uh, we've got a bunch more as well. We've got um, 
Patrick Meyer, the Marketing Insider, and uh, let's see, Jeffrey Gittimer, Andy Borowitz as well, too. By the way, we're going to be playing uh, Patrick here in just a, a few moments on the advertising show. So, there we go. What hey, do you got? Yeah. Well, I'm curious. The uh, views and opinions uh, disclaimer at the top of the hour that does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff, management, et cetera. Does that mean it could possibly? Absolutely. It leaves the option open if they'd like to agree okay. with us or not. Okay. Um, they can... They can exercise that option. Okay. That's like good. Like last week or two weeks ago when you were talking about that local furniture store in uh, Houston. Yes. You, they may not want to align themselves with that, <laughs> but at other times they might want to. So it's I, it on whether they're on the air or not. I'm not sure. That's true. And I don't <laughs> think they, they are. are. If they're a current advertiser or a former, a former advertiser. You know, Ray, one of our uh, national, uh, or I guess I should say local sponsors uh, in our Houston market is... Uh, is Univision Radio. And what's interesting here, and I'm sure you saw this as well just earlier this week, ABC uh, is finally announcing starting September 19th that they will offer its entire primetime entertainment lineup in Spanish, claiming to be the first English language broadcast network to do such uh, such on, on such a large uh, scale through a combination of both closed captioning and dubbing, uh, returning shows Housewives and Lost uh, as well as a new comedy called Freddy, will be dubbed mm-hmm. with uh, casting underway for the uh, actors who will voice those particular roles, uh, roles in addition to George Lopez. Uh, but the uh, remainder of the network's primetime entertainment series will be available in Spanish subtitles. So it's, uh, I guess, I don't know about you, Ray, but I think it's high time that oh, we yeah. see something like that. Well, I, I'm, I'm still baffled by the people that don't quite get the concept of the power of uh, uh, Hispanic advertising. That amazes yeah. me. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I can't remember who it was, but you read a, about a, um, a major national, highly visible advertiser just within the past year deciding to earmark a certain uh, mm-hmm. amount of their marketing budget for the Hispanic effort. So it's uh, it's amazing that you still see today that uh, people are waking up to the power of the Hispanic market in the uh, in the U.S. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Sprint is going to be part of the uh, the Super Bowl show. Uh, they're going to sponsor the 06 uh, Super Bowl halftime show in Detroit. Uh, with those sponsorships rights valued at, actually, this is a pretty good deal, $10 million. That's not bad. That's not That's a deal. Maybe, well, maybe it's buying early, and there's a good example of buying early and taking advantage of that. I guess they're one of the first to uh, announce, unless there's some long-term deals from the mainstays like Anheuser-Busch and others. But, uh, right, right. Gosh, uh, here we're just announcing the beginning of the NFL season, and we've already got a Super Bowl advertiser. Yeah, they're selling those. Well, they've had account executives out on the street, you see. They have. Yeah, they made calls, you know. So, hey, you well, want to sponsor to the Super Bowl? Sure, why not? Yeah, do right. Well, they sell a couple of sponsorships, and they take the rest of the year off, right? <laughs> Basically, wouldn't you? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. would. Uh, let's see, commission on $10 million. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. That'll be fine. Hey, let's yeah. do. Uh, let's check in uh, here in just a moment with, uh, with Patrick Meyer. Patrick is talking about shopping today on the advertising show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about what I call shopping like never before. Channels are a thing of the past because it's now one massive channel in the mind of the consumer. They move seamlessly from Target to eBay and every place in between. Let me give you an example. This is a woman in New York City in her early 30s. Listen to how she shops. I just put in a bid on eBay for Jimmy Choo High Heels. $600 killer bamboo heels for 120 bucks. 
I then go down the street to Target. Their tops and accessories section where everything's color coordinated, and I buy a top for $12. In and out quick, money saved. I then take my $12 top together with my $600 Jimmy Choo's and a vintage Versace wrap, and I'm ready to go for the evening. You just heard a woman who's very fashion conscious shopping a whole different way. She's mixing high end fashion with low end value and vintage clothing and putting it all together. So, my question to you is how do you market to a woman? To a man, to a teen, to a senior citizen, when they think this way, using online, offline, value, vintage clothing, new channels, it's a whole different world. Here's what I ask you to do. Number one, you need to climb into the world of your consumer. You need to understand their new decision behavior. Second, you need to build it into your model. If you're focusing on traditional channels and customers and you haven't factored in on and offline and how they buy, you need to rethink your model. And lastly, you need to take your whole business model and shift it forward, not just your channel thinking, but making sure you're totally in touch with this consumer. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer, CEO of Now. And remember, the marketing revolution has begun. For more, go to nowinc.net. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Schillen, Brad Forsyth, and we're about to uh, get back into conversation with Alan Gorman. Uh, his book is called Briefs for Building Better Brands, and we'll have Alan on in uh, just a few moments. Today, as always, Brad brought his favorite food, uh, Kentucky mm-hmm. Fried Chicken, uh, right. here to the studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be happy to know that KFC is hoping to follow up the success of the Snackers Sandwich, uh, with its flavor station pre-sauced chicken. <laughs> it's pre-sauced. Pre-sauced. Yeah. That yeah. means the buns are going to be soggy. I guess so. The company is yeah. launching its biggest marketing campaign ever to promote the concept, complete with the tagline, Be the Boss, Choose Your Own Sauce. And they're <laughs> also going to drive people to a website for more information as well. Well, maybe when you choose your sauce, then they put it on there and the bun won't be soggy. But, you know, it's been a while since I have... Uh, Stepped foot in a, uh, Kentucky, in a fried uh, Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah, well, and I tell you something. I, I had heard years ago that they were not uh, not nice to the uh, the chickens of the world. Oh, that's they, right. I uh, forgot about that. Yeah, they yeah. did something bad to them as they were. And not that I'm a big fan of fried foods anyway, but I, hey, I'm not opposed to a, you know eating a drumstick of a nice fried piece of chicken. But I don't know that. Uh, I don't know the uh, how many secret herbs and spices. How many was it? Seven, twelve? Oh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Ever since the colonel died, I just haven't connected to that. And ever since the colonel died, he got out of the business of managing Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's gone downhill. uh, Sadly, I think. Yeah, I think it. uh, It's not. It's not the brand it once was. And Mm -hmm. you know, what did they do? They tried to animate the colonel, and that didn't work. They've tried to animate now uh, uh, Dave from uh, Wendy's and trying to bring back people that were a great part of the brand. Yeah. Speaking of, of that, Ray, you and I were talking off the air a few weeks ago about how uh, Lee Iacocca they're bringing back. I have, I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't think it falls that, that well on my ears and eyes no, when no, I see Lee Iacocca coming back and doing that little golf deal where the shot from Lee's behind is like he's got a very large rear end, as most older men do. You remember, <laughs> you, have you seen that shot? Yeah, I have seen he's him. at the golf course, and it's like, don't, you know, first of all, don't pull your pants up that high, even though most old people, you know, end <laughs> up around their under, armpits is where they pull their pants up. Right. But uh, it was not a very uh, a very nice, uh, flattering shot of uh, old Lee there from the rear end. And I don't know who made that decision. It's like, hey, Lee, let's get you to turn sideways. Well, now my gut's sticking out. Yeah, really. You know. I'm not so sure it was such a great idea to bring him back at all. Actually. No, I don't either. Uh, I don't either. It's just not as 
powerful as I presumed it might be. Uh, well, it's uh, kind of like Muhammad Ali. I would have re- rather remembered him as the guy then. that brought back uh, Chrysler and did a great job with all that. Hey, speaking of Chrysler, BBDO in Detroit, uh, they have uh, they've teamed up with uh, commercial music producer JSM Music to release a hip hop song. Uh, Unleashed, uh, oh. which is heard in the uh, 2006 Dodge Charger television ads. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to release it as a single with an accompanying music video. Not only does the uh, trio hope that the song will become a blockbuster hit, but they're hoping for a double whammy by featuring the, uh, the car prominently in the video, flanked by sexy women washing it. Where have we seen that idea. before? Yeah. Interesting. Well, huh? well put uh, for a hamburger place out with, uh, you know, Hilton. <laughs> There you go. We've got Alan Gorman coming up in just a few moments on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe back in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Hard, you ate too much. The cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. You know, that stuff used to taste so bad. Almost better having a headache or something. <laughs> it wasn't real good. They got it better these days, though. On the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is uh, out of uh, Montclair, New Jersey. Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Not not middle or lower, right. Mm-hmm. Or east or west. It's upper. Uh, Alan Gorman is author of Briefs for Building Better Brands. And Alan, welcome back to the advertising show. Thank you again. Yeah, Alan, I I wanted to ask you, and we'll jump right back into it. Do you think some businesses today really believe they provide great customer service when, in fact, perhaps the opposite may be true? And if this is so, how how does this misperception come about? I I want to go back a little bit to what we were talking about before, if I may. Well, go ahead. Uh, Interview yourself. Yeah, well, no, I'm going to – I want to answer your question. But I think that um, a big problem uh, is so what we're talking about on this show a lot are our advertising tactics and um, where companies get in trouble is when they uh, start employing tactics without going back to the basics of, um, uh, of the big idea or the strategy. So if you're got something that is inherently boring to people and you're providing great customer service by implementing by, by implementing systems in the business it's really not going to work so if you can go back and you can have an idea a big idea that you're really juiced about for your business and understand how your business is completely different from everyone else's business and how you can do what you do better than anyone on the face of the earth mm-hmm. then the systems invent themselves because they, well, have it, you in, know, they have to come into alignment with, 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 with the message that you're providing. So, again, what it does is it almost transcends advertising and has to go back to what Patrick Meyer said, shift your whole mindset to the acquisition of customers and away from just the manifestation of sales. Mm-hmm. Well, let's um, talk a little bit about uh, the brand and, and, and what role, for example, price when it comes to sustaining a brand 
uh, uh, can play. Can, can price, uh, Alan, in your opinion, or, or a low price strategy sustain or potentially undermine a brand? I think, I think in the long run, if we're looking at becoming a world-class brand and a market leader, then inherently it cannot. Um, what price will do is um, a low-price leader um, sends a message to someone, and um, that message is that um, you're offering a low price at the expense of something. So how does Walmart, uh, the brand, well, as well okay. as the Wal- Walmart will uh, position itself as a low-price leader, but it's certainly not going to have the uh, juice that a, a, um, a Target's going to have. Because Target, Target will sustain, because Target will uh, ultimately uh, talk to the self-esteem of people rather so, than, than cheaping out. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the growth of Walmart, uh, the fact that it has been able to sustain its uh, brand uh, in spite of being known as the uh, low-cost leader and being able to do that as it grows its uh, market share and increases revenue worldwide would su- suggest that uh, a price strategy does not necessarily... All right, in, in the short term, I would say price strategy. I, I had a, um, a um, an electronics retailer, and we did a very clever campaign that said it was a cheapskate's dream come true. But the televisions that they were selling for, or the refrigerators that they were selling for $1,500 in 1955 were selling for, I don't know, you know, next to nothing uh, in 1997 uh, when they, they had to go out of business. They couldn't sustain it. Uh, Walmart uh, owns distribution channels and owns um basically has put China in business uh, as a manufacturing um, plant for itself uh, and will survive as a low-priced leader for as long as they do until some Chinese chain maybe under underprices them or comes in and knocks them out of the box. Hmm. Because well. it, it's ultimately, I mean, I, I would say for myself, if I were a low-priced leader, I'm not going to stay in business very long. I can't do it. Well, I think they've grown, you know, you say for the short term, and I, I, I don't disagree with your logic with regard to a startup, a small company that uh, that may be looking at hanging its entire future and hanging its hat, marketing-wise speaking, on a low-price uh, uh, brand uh, mm-hmm. image that they can sustain that. But certainly uh, over the uh, past many, many uh, years, uh, Walmart has successfully done that. And I'm not sure at this point with the worldwide distribution and strength of a Walmart that there's any upstart that they have to be getting the nervous danger about. danger because they'll crush you upstart. Well, yeah, oh. we'll, we'll, time will tell, I guess, and we'll ha- have you back on the show in 2010. But until then, let's talk a little bit about uh, sustaining a brand's identity over a long period of time. I would think that just, you know, a lo- where a lot of people get uh, off track is it's really all about, from what we can tell and hearing from branding experts out there, that it's all about keeping the brand relevant and fresh, which seems like a, a fairly simple uh, strategy while sustaining a brand's identity over a long period of time. What, what are your thoughts on well, this? Well, let me, let me say something about brands themselves. And brands, um, uh, again, if brands are an idea or a uh, identifier for a thing and then that brand becomes an identity, then brands themselves are almost organic and have um, a life cycle. They they are born 
they grow and eventually they go bye bye. Um, when that happens, who knows? Uh, and certainly if the idea is a big enough idea and is not replaced by a newer idea, uh, then the brand will sustain. But if the, there's a new technology, there's something that's uh, brand new that comes down the pike and uh, film goes away, then Kodak's going to be in trouble. Well, in, in asking your question, the question earlier about keeping things relevant and fresh, I, I think, uh, Ray, you, you might want to weigh in on this, but I think a great example of a, a brand that is well-known worldwide and a, one of the top three or four that would come to any uh, consumer's mind is Nike, and it's a great example of how a company has been able to uh, sustain their identity and, and grow uh, their, their uh, consumer interest, yet uh, they do truly keep their uh, message uh, consistent, yet they keep it relevant and fresh, and they've been able to do that year in and year out. Uh, I, and I think there are other examples out there uh, that do the same, and I think where a lot of people, a lot of companies do get off track is that they try to be consistent and end up boring the pants off of the consumer because they do not keep things fresh and relevant. Mm-hmm. And Any right thoughts on that, Alan? Yeah, well, I think Nike is is terrific because Nike, uh, uh, again, going back to what Nike's promoting, Nike's promoting the core idea of a brand rather than the actual product itself. It's not promotionally driven. It's um, emotionally driven. We're gonna, Alan, we're going to have to take a break here on the advertising show. It's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest, Alan Gorman. Briefs for building better brands back in a, mo- in a moment. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Who's got baby oil? Nair's got baby oil. If you're a baby oil, Nair with baby oil. Announcing Nair with baby oil. New baby soft scent. Nair takes off the hair, baby, so your legs feel baby smooth. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Looking good today. And we've got Alan Gorman with us, author of Briefs for Building Better Brands. We're going to get back to our interview in just a moment. But first... This is something about confidence. Do you have confidence? I hopefully uh, you do. Uh, let's listen to Jeffrey right now. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now here's Jeffrey. Fail to make the sale? No, no. You fail to establish confidence. Your prospect just said no. Oh, rats. Did you lose the sale or just fail to make it? You're sure that the prospect should have bought. As you head back to your car, licking your wounds, you try to justify or figure out why the prospect turned you down. Well, once you've answered the fundamental questions of self-doubt, was I enthusiastic, friendly, and professional-looking, you may have to probe a bit deeper for the true answers. Even though the truth hurts, the realization of what you failed to do is a big step in making the next sale. Let me give you and save you some anguish. You failed to establish buyer confidence, Sparky. Hey, Jeffrey, you're dead wrong. That guy really liked me, you say. Maybe, but likability 
is only a part of the sales equation. One of the primary lessons of sales I teach is, if they like you, and they believe you, and they trust you, and they have confidence in you, then they may buy from you. If any one of those four elements are missing, the answer changes from sale to no sale. When the prospect says no, it's most likely a vote of no confidence. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if your advertising isn't getting any results, it's probably because your ad sucks. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. That's a and, new one. Uh, no. a new ending there. A new ending. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He thought that up himself. Yeah, well, he was great. being creative, you see. <laughs> uh, right. On the Advertising Show, we welcome back to the uh, the show Alan Gorman. It's uh, great to have Alan from Montclair, New Jersey on with us this Upper weekend. Montclair. Upper yeah. Montclair, yes. Yeah. Can't forget that. Alan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, Alan, let's jump into some opinion, some Alan Gorman opinion here. No right or wrong answers. What's the best advice you ever received about branding, and who was it from? Good question. Well, thank you. I'm I'm reading um, some Tom Peters books now that are um, remakes of uh, a book called Rethink. And right now I'm I'm high on him. I'm I'm really juiced. They are... Uh, I, I would take branding farther and, and talk about uh, it as a um, leadership market, market leadership orientation. So it's, it's it's a CEO kind of a thing, and uh, these books are just uh, delightful. Hmm. About so, um, but but before you got into those books, as just a branding guy that uh, went out and created Brand Spa. Uh, you don't look back on your career from being on Madison Avenue and working in the uh, agency uh, world, but uh, there was. I think the best line on. I ever heard was, "What's yeah. the big idea?" Yeah, well, that would be George uh, Lois, huh? Mm-hmm. Either it was George Lois, or um, I know Sal DeVito taught a class at Visual Arts with that headline, and um, yeah. he was a contemporary of mine back in the day, so yeah. um, it was a great line. Well, George claims to have had that conversation with uh, with uh, uh, Bernbach, Mr. Bernbach, and uh, and that it was all about the big idea, and 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 that and it uh, and it still is. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's also stay with this. Just uh, you know, get into your head on some thoughts here. You know, we've all heard and read about, and and you're very familiar with this, uh, Alan. I know. Uh, about purchasing and procurement officers uh, on the client side today relative to determining client uh, compensation. How, how do you feel uh, this is impacting marketing for clients today? About purchase and procurement, people deciding on the, the business decision? On, on, on well, they, what we've read about for years now is that uh, unlike the uh, CEO, CMO, and others uh, getting together to hear an agency presentation and then deciding on a creative it's agency. A, it, or, it becomes about money? It becomes a, a procurement officer that may not be accustomed to purchasing media uh, services or agency services, and they're making right, decisions. Right, it's, it's to, commodified yep. the decision. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, or at least certainly a, a non-practitioner uh, familiar with the ins and outs of the agency or, or media uh, Or what you're trying to uh, accomplish. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 
So what are your thoughts on that? Is that a good thing in today's uh, world? I don't think so. I think uh, what, 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 it's a short-sighted thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it um, goes along with the way of the world. The world is um, uh, the mindset of the world has changed from to, to, to mostly uh, everything's been commodified and every, everything mm-hmm. looks the same. So if everything's the same, well, I might as just well buy the cheapest one. Yeah, and, well, and well, go ahead. I'm sorry. And if you have someone who uh, is not responding to things and looking at the long-term picture and just looking at, unfortunately, for advertising agencies as a vendor, well, then it becomes a matter of price. And um, that's a a sad comment on the state of the industry. Well, I think ultimately the client's the one that loses in the the long run. Client does lose in the long run. We all lose in the long run because uh, what what happens is... um, there's not enough money to do the job right, and there's not enough money to um, get the right answers, and it becomes a, it goes back to what I said before, it becomes a tactical, advertising becomes a tactical tool. Well, and, if uh, ever the old adage, you get what you pay for, is true, it's certainly true there, because behind the scenes, you may uh, think you've chosen the right agency, but if it's all about, uh, uh, you know, getting them down to the lowest common denominator of cost, then unfortunately you may not be getting that great of delivery on services. You know, earlier last segment we were talking about uh, the consumer-driven world we all live in and how much more consumers are in control of, for example, consumption of media. And I'm curious, considering that, in today's world, do you think brands are becoming less distinctive today than, say, 20 years ago? No, I think brands are always going to be distinctive. They're, they're always going to be distinctive brands. It's who, who can find the distinction and the need for distinction is more important than ever before. Mm-hmm. But I, if... I don't necessarily think that um, brands are brands and there are that all brands are becoming indistinct. I think yeah. people are always looking for what's new. What's interesting? What's a new story that I can latch on to that uh, is going to excite me? Um, one of the things that the uh, Internet uh, and all of the media channels has done is it's uh, put the, um, given the consumer more power to find his own, what, what juices him, you know, mm-hmm. easier. Um, so it becomes more important to Go back and focus on uh, your uniqueness and what can what what you can find that can set you apart. Um, most, unfortunately, in the world, there aren't that many things that really uh, stand out that, that are. There's only like maybe five um, percent that is actually absolutely wonderful. And um, oh, let's say eighty-five um, percent mediocre, and ten percent is just awful. So, well, uh, you know, you, you and I are—we're all consumers. We see uh, mm-hmm. we see advertising, even though we're in the the industry. When, when you see fuzzy, off-target, or, or just downright bad advertising, uh, a little over well, a minute. Sometimes it's here. very effective. Well, a little less than a minute. Well, let's just end it on that. Let's huh? uh, let's say thanks to Alan for being a part of the advertising. Uh, show. Before the, people can go to my site and download a white paper if they'd like to, call Ten Marketing it's Secrets for Building. Shameless part brand. of the plug. Brandspa-llc.com. <laughs> Back in just a minute with more. Alan, have a great Great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. 
You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillen and Brad Forsyth. Lots of women have taken up fishing these days, including me, Polly Bergen. But we don't have to angle for compliments on our figures, what was the trend toward lighter foods, and today's Pepsi-Cola goes along. Have a Pepsi, the light refreshment. Okay, I'll have two, because there's only uh, how much sugar in one of those things, Brad? <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm watching my weight, too. Watching it go up, actually. We're all watching it. Aren't we? Yeah. Please don't. That's embarrassing. No, sorry. Uh, we've got, uh, we got uh, Andy Borowitz here in just a moment on the advertising show. Corey Silverman is our guest next week, Senior VP of Advertising Sales, Current TV. And uh, that'll be fun, the 18th yeah. uh, of September, Corey Silverman. And thanks again to Alan Gorman. Uh, briefs for Building Better Brands. And it's, did, we get, uh, did he get his plug in? Did we get this plug? Well, let me get it in one more time here. Brandspa-llc.com. Go there. But we didn't let him get that white paper deal in, did we? Uh, kind of. Kind well, of. I, kind of tr- I tried to talk over it a little bit to kind of, you know, over <laughs> overlay it. <laughs> anyway. You shouldn't do that, no. Alan no. was a good, he was a good sport, and uh, oh, yeah. we enjoyed having him on. And, uh, it's, you know, i got to believe, you tell me, but uh, briefs for building better brands. I think his follow-up to this book would be Juice. For building better brands, what there was that word frequently. Yes, he did use the we word juice. That, that uh-huh. was his favorite word. Okay, he's a fan but of that, OJ, I guess. That's true. Real quickly, before you get into uh, uh, Andy Borowitz, uh, yeah. I just want to mention because we've received a lot of email on this podcasting and RSS feed. You've heard Ray mention numerously on the show as now a feature that we are offering, and simply all it means, folks, is that you can now listen to past shows, past interviews on a CD player in your car, on your iPod, MP3 player, save it to your desktop. All of the shows that used to be uh, required to either listen to the live webcast at theadvertisingshow.com. Or to stream the the thing before, right? Yeah, you either did that or you were were tethered to your your desktop there to have Mm -hmm. to to listen to it. Now you can, you know, be on the run or uh, listen to it at some later date or whatever. So it's it's quite an interesting feature and uh, it's where the world is going now. We're not the only ones out there doing it. We're just on the cutting edge. And thanks for uh, all of the help for the folks at uh, Shippel uh, and our local market of Houston and uh, mm-hmm. all of the fine folks that were behind the scenes, including uh, on our side, uh, Stephanie Saratelli, associate producer of the advertising show. So uh, thanks to all for their help. Well, very good. Very good. Let's, uh, let's check in with Andy Borowitz right now on the advertising show. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. Just days after former First Lady Barbara Bush made widely publicized remarks about people made homeless by Hurricane Katrina, the White House said this past week that Mrs. Bush has been moved to a new location away from television cameras and microphones. Mrs. Bush, who was talking about Katrina refugees, said that this is working very well for them and that many of them were underprivileged anyway, was transported to a facility where she'll have plenty of food and water but no more media appearances, the White House confirmed. She'll be much more comfortable in this new location surrounded by armed guards on a 24-hour basis than she was at her compound in Kennebunkport, Maine, White House spokesman Scott McClellan said. This is working very well for her. Responding to a reporter who questioned whether Mrs. Bush would be happy being uprooted from her estate, Mr. McClellan said she was overprivileged anyway. While the White House took credit for its success in relocating Mrs. Bush, some congressional critics argued that it did not act 
quickly enough to relocate the outspoken former first lady. This was an emergency situation, said Senator Joseph Biden. They should have relocated her the minute she opened her mouth. For her part, the former first lady remained out of view but released the following official statement. I'm doing well, but I remain envious of those who were relocated after Hurricane Katrina. Boy, do those folks have a sweet deal. Elsewhere, President Bush mourned the passing of actor Bob Denver, calling the Gilligan's Island star a great American and a role model for me personally. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. You know, he just has such a way of, of, of putting things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's not the truth, but it kind of is, if you know what I mean. What, there's always a little bit of truth to what Andy says, somewhere in there. And we haven't is seen it? Andy on on CNN's American Morning lately, obviously, because uh, they've uh, you know changed the focus of their uh, their programming, mm-hmm. and it really kind of wouldn't fit, if you know what I'm he, saying. He didn't follow Hemmer over to Fox. That's where Hammer went to was Fox. Yeah, I mm-hmm. didn't know that. I wondered yeah, where he I saw went him to. the other day. Oh. Looks the same, you know. Looks like he's you know he, he's one of those little uh, muscle head guys. He looks like he works out, but he also looks like he misses Sola Dad. <laughs> you think so, huh? I think so. How can you tell that? Well, it's just kind of a he's got a, a kind of a distant look in his eye. Oh, I see. Uh, a yeah. longing or something like that. It yeah. is a longing. That's yeah. a good term. Thank you. Okay. And he had a little name tag that says. I miss you, Solo Dad. It was on his well, jacket. He well, and he and he kind of missed Jack Cafferty too because he likes sparring with old man Jack. <laughs> Boy, what a curmudgeon! <laughs> yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm old yeah. and I'm mad. Yeah. Uh, here's something here. You tell me what you think about this. This is uh, Casella Wines, Yellowtail Wines. They've created a new branding oh, yeah. sweet spot. Uh, they uh, combine an upscale appeal to drinkers of jug wines and an everyday appeal to more frequent wine drinkers. As a result, it's the fastest-growing brand in the United States and Austrian, or Australian wine markets. That's hmm. interesting. I've seen those I, before. I have, too. And yeah. I haven't tried them, but they have the twist cap, which is another interesting thing that's happening. And good wine can be in a twist cap nowadays. I guess. They're getting over that. What? I, I said I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I still think it's kind of weird. Well, it is weird, and it's the kind of wine that you're not going to, you know, set down. You and I break out a couple uh, Riedel, you know, uh, nice uh, crystal glass and glassware and sit there and have a twist off. But uh, it's an okay everyday wine at a very attractive price point. Either a straw or some Tupperware cups, right? Yeah, well, plastic or (laughs) Or Dixie. Or plastic, yeah. Yeah. A Whataburger cup. That would work perfectly. That's funny. Anyway, that's, that's interesting. What else do you have there? Well, I just want to mention again, because, again, we also received a lot of emails about the mention last week of the New Orleans Time Picayune, as some say over there. Uh, their call for skilled producers who want to work on a temporary basis, a call for freelancers that are uh, looking at helping out at NOLA, N-O-L-A dot com, uh, Advance, uh, Advance Media being or the company, Advance Internet uh, president has put out the call for uh, freelance uh, offering uh, temporary positions. And if you're interested, online news professionals are encouraged to uh, reach out to NOLA.com and are being asked to send email to J-T-E-R-R-I-T-O at advance.net or just go to uh, advance.net.net, and I'm sure you'll see some uh, link online. But, uh, you know, it's... uh, 
It's interesting because even when they are now back to publishing uh, the, the Times Picayune or Picune, whatever you want to call right, it, right. they're they're still limited in their distribution, obviously, and uh, and the bigger play for them, I guess, for now while we're rebuilding uh, New Orleans, will be online at nola n o l a dot com. So mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff going on there uh, in New Orleans now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know how you felt a week or so ago, but I was uh, pretty sure that they would have to move New Orleans <laughs> to mm-hmm. a different location, right. uh, which, you know, is not out of the realm of possibility. But uh, but I, I have a funny feeling that they will come back. Not well, going to be the same place, obviously, but it will be um, a little bit better. Uh, you know, when you when you see now historically with greater uh, perspective, you realize that it was all about the uh, the 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 failure of the uh, of the what ultimately became uh, the lake pouring into the city of uh, New Orleans and had that uh, had that uh, been shored up we wouldn't have had that problem I suppose that's true that's true yeah. so yeah a lot, a lot of things went wrong and things are going right now though that's good yeah. next week it's uh, Corey Silverman senior vice president of advertising sales at Current TV and uh, we say thanks again to Alan Gorman uh, our special guest today here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth don't forget to go to theadvertisingshow.com for the podcast and the RSS feeds uh, now available at theadvertisingshow.com The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine you can visit online at adage.com The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth back next week with uh, Corey Silverman hope you can join us Have a great week. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.